0: A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khaled Hosseini This
1: is the AR Podcast.
0: When school let out, Mammy again didn't show up like she was supposed to. Leila ended up walking home with two of her classmates, Giti and Hasina. Giti was a tightly wound bony little girl who wore her hair in twin ponytails held by elastic bands. She was always scowling and walking with her books pressed to her chest like a shield. Hasina was 12, three years older than Leila and Giti, but had failed third grade once and fourth grade twice. What she lacked in smarts, Hasina made up for in mischief, and a mouth that Giti said ran like a sewing machine. Today, Hasina was dispensing advice on how to fend off unattractive suitors. Foolproof method, guaranteed to work, I give you my word. This is stupid, I'm too young to have a suitor, Giti said. You're not too young. Well no one's come to ask for my hand. That's because you have a beard, my dear. <laughs> Giti's hand shot up to her chin, and she looked with alarm to Leila, who smiled pityingly. Giti was the most humorless person Leila had ever met, and shook her head with reassurance. Anyway, you want to know what to do or not, ladies? Go ahead, Leila said. Beans, no less than four cans. On the evening, the toothless lizard comes to ask for your hand. But the timing, ladies, the timing is everything. You have to suppress the fireworks till it's time to serve him his tea. I'll remember that, Leila said. So will he. Layla could have said then that she didn't need this advice because Babby had no intention of giving her away anytime soon. Though Babby worked at Silo, Kabul's gigantic bread factory, he was a university-educated man. He'd been a high school teacher before communists fired him. This was shortly after the coup of 1978, about a year and a half before the Soviets had invaded. Babby had made it clear to Leila from a young age that the most important thing in his life after her safety was her schooling. I know you're still young, but I want you to understand and learn this now, he said. Marriage can wait. Education cannot. You're a very, very bright girl. Truly you are. You can be anything you want, Leila. I know this about you. And I also know that when this war is over, Afghanistan is going to need you as much as this man. Maybe even more. Because the society has no chance of success. If it's women or uneducated, Layla. No chance. No chance. I regard the theatre as the greatest of all art forms, the most immediate way in which a human being can share with another the sense of what it is to be a human being. Oscar Wilde Hey everybody, last week I had a chance to sit down and really engage in a powerful conversation with two very interesting people. Stuart Dennison, a theatre director and an actor, and his lovely wife, Azademir Mirzai, who is also involved in the same art form as an actor. They have performed individually, and also as a couple, and being able to sit down and talk with them was an opportunity I couldn't pass.
2: Just kind of one of the most important things that I find about theatre and what what an actor should be doing is something needs to be at risk, mm-hmm. um, and that something can be something very physical. It can be something very intense, you know. Especially if you're looking at like a Shakespearean tragedy, you know, it's, it's the throne or it's the it's the crown or you know it's it's life and death in a, in, in the drama. But also within much more subtle sort of more like family dramas or something, if something's not at stake, then people won't won't buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why the actor either needs to go yeah, possibly down the method route to, yeah. to, to really be in that character so they're really experiencing it every night, or, uh, and I think more importantly in, in the modern world, um, the situation needs to be at risk.
1: I love process, I, I'm not like, when you're in a process, at some part of it, the most thing that you're looking at is the results. Yeah. But what's, I think what we need a lot in Iran to work on is yeah. how to be in a process, yeah. how to collaborate in a process, How what's, what does teamwork mean, yeah. how to put an organization together, and all the motivations, everything. And I think I love that. I love creating that atmosphere and being in that process. So for yeah. me, like always, like any project I do, the worst part is when it's like, close to the ending because like I'm like I'm really not enjoying the endings. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just like okay the result is great, yeah, it's happening, there's mistakes, there are good things, but the process is over.
0: Yeah. This is the AR Podcast. Thank you guys for the time. Uh, sure. It's. Uh, I told you guys uh, as I was coming here, I, my heart was pounding through my chest. I, like I couldn't really believe that I was. I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you. You guys are pretty like fascinating people. You might not know it, but wow. you guys are pretty fascinating people to sit I'm
2: not sure we're that fascinating, but hopefully we can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: sure. Uh, one of the first questions I wanted to ask
2: you guys sure. was, uh, how did you guys meet each other? You want to take this or no? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so um, we—I mean, we met through through the through the art form that we still um, spend our lives devoted to at the moment, which is which is through theatre, and um, we met in India. Yes, yeah. um, it's probably an unusual place for an Iranian and a British person to meet. <laughs> but um, I was travelling there and working, and I was directing various plays throughout throughout India. And as part of that, I went to Hyderabad, and I set up an open call for, for actors within a within company. And uh, through that, I got to know many people there, but one of whom was, was Azadeh. Yeah. And, um, and we, we worked together before we, before we uh, got together later, but um, uh, we first met um, through, through that, that background. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, so I basically, like, one day I was working with this Indian theatre company, so we got call and we got a call from the director saying, "So we have this British director who's coming to direct a play for us, and I want all the members to come for the audition." Yeah. So like at that point in my mind, a British director was this like really old.
0: Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, I remember. Uh, so at the, at the date when we went for the audition I, I we all like there were like 20 of us 20 25 of us went for the audition and i saw him and i was like oh my god is this the english director he's too young to be <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but yeah basically i auditioned for him and i got selected and we worked together on that play and that's how we met
0: yeah did you select her because uh, like, like yeah. that's, that's a question yeah. that we've so. been asked so many yeah. times yeah. no i
1: have some skills
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i know I mean, a little bit about I'm acting kidding. of course, of I of course
2: know, you know. no i mean I'm, I'm very professional when it comes to my work so yeah, that's very, yeah. To be. so no it's uh but it was, it was very good i mean I, honestly to that point i'd had very little knowledge of about about iran as a country yeah. um uh, apart from kind of the historical aspect, you know, the, the, the historical culture, the, the ancient Persian Empire, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that side mm-hmm. I knew, but modern Iran, I had very little contact with. So, so as so thought it was kind of fascinating for 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 other reasons as well, for for yeah, cultural reasons. Yeah. But um, but no, at first we, we just worked together. Yeah,
0: because it's, it's it's kind of rare for. Uh, us to have somebody as professional as you to come to our country and stay. Like you know, we mm-hmm. have like we've had a lot of different people who've come to our country to uh, understand maybe our culture a little bit, and then right. they've just left. Yeah. But you have stayed. Is is there? a, I mean, of course, it's mostly because
2: of uh, your wife. We have we have a personal connection. I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is great. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it's uh, if you'd asked me ten years ago before we'd met, would I be in? Would I be living in Tehran in ten years' time? Uh, working here on artistic projects and yeah. uh, and having this sort of lifestyle, I'd have said no. You're you're crazy. How would, how on earth would that happen? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was never part of a long term plan. But um, uh, but what what did happen was was really um, yeah, fascinating on a, on both a personal and professional level. Yeah. And um, I think having spent enough time here, I feel I feel quite at home here. I feel you know both with both within the industry and and on a personal level as well. Okay, that's so, amazing. So,
1: and I think yeah. we we lived in. So many different places and countries and cities. Mm-hmm. So we have the experience of experiencing a new culture. Yeah. yeah, So it was not something new. So he was not just like leaving the UK, coming directly to Tehran and experiencing, exploring the culture. Yeah, He loves, that's what he, I think he loves. He loves exploring cultures. Mm-hmm. And I think Iran is really fascinating, of course, culturally, especially sp- because there's not much out there to yeah. to exactly. the world for it.
0: And, like, if there is, like, they're uh, portraying it, like, you know, maybe, uh, like, something which is not true and when uh, other people when come uh, when they come to this country they uh kind of are like you know fascinated by the fact that like uh wait a second like iran had this or that. oh my god look at the culture oh my god look at this this and that so they like they they might be even more fascinated when they come to and they live inside the culture i
1: think the information out there it's very limited about iran yeah like many people know about the ancient iran and Mm -hmm. the culture and the history and this is what but, we talk about yeah, most of the time. Like yeah, as but about around today's life of the country and like what's going on, mm-hmm. there's not much information out there. And what's, this is what we really like to do. Like we, we like to, because there's a lot happening in this country, culturally, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: artistically, a lot happening. And it needs to be bridged. It needs to be understood. It yeah. needs to be shown to the world.
2: Yeah, I think mean, I think honestly, people's expectations when they come to Iran, we see this with a lot of tourists, but it was true for me as well. Um, even with you know, um, uh, the personal connection I had before we came here, yeah. um, it was completely different to what I thought it would, to how I thought it would be in, in many different ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, there are some things which exceeded my expectations, There are some things which which were totally different and, and you know just completely unexpected. But um, but it is true, like we um, the view that people have of of Iran outside is. Um, is very partial. You know, there are there are there is there are some good sources, of course, there are, yeah. but finding them is not always easy, right. and uh, you really have to kind of know where to look to to get good information. But but I think this is what this is what we, we love doing. It's what, what's always fascinated me is uh, I love being a foreigner. Um, I think you know even before we met uh, in India, where obviously I was a foreigner there too. Yeah. I'd been living in different countries before that. I'd uh, studied in different countries. And um, so for me, it was it was it was great. I love I love that attitude because it, it, it gives you a different perspective on the world mm-hmm. and especially when it matches up with with my field, you know, with with the arts and culture, because I think that's a brilliant way to understand others. You know, much, much better way than, for example, business. Uh, business is, is good. It does many things. But but when you're acting in the cultural field, it forces you to interact with uh with real people and how they live and what they what they experience what they go through yeah. um and i think that that's that's been part of so we run in, in this sense has been part of a, a much longer journey for me um and um one which is about discovering the world self-discovery as well of course and trying to kind of um figure out how this rather strange complicated world in which we live yeah. fits together you know, yeah. how, how how people from different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds um, have various differences and various similarities, and, and how they how they understand those. And I think I think theatre, you know, possibly more than than at least most other art forms allows you to do that because it's about storytelling. It's about it's about liveness, and un, you know, um, it, it it forces us to under, to understand the daily routines of people, the things that make people happy, sad. The, uh, their drives and their emotions, which which I think is very helpful when we when we look at the challenges the world faces and a lot of cultural misunderstanding in our relatively globalized age, um, we we these challenges need to be addressed and, mm-hmm. this, and arts and culture are definitely one of the best ways to do that.
1: Right, but I think Iran is the like among all the places we have been, Iran is the only place we made a home.
0: Yeah,
1: like we were so good at just going to a place, get a house, you know, live there for a while and You're just right. pack and leave. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so easy for us. I remember, like, moving from Istanbul to Uganda, for example, was just like a decision of a week. Yeah. Really? Okay. Right. So I was just like, OK, I'm bored. I'm done. OK, yeah, what should I do? <laughs> Let's do some research. OK, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Uganda.
2: Yeah. yeah. And Iran is an interesting one because it was the first time in our experience that we one of us was a foreigner, one of us was a native. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. which which kind of uh, changed the balance of that experience completely. When we moved to Turkey, we lived mm-hmm. in Istanbul for a while, uh, or when we moved to Africa, or indeed in Indian India, we were both foreigners. You know? yeah. so we both approached it with this kind of outside of view. Right. When we came to Iran, suddenly it was it was it was very one sided uh, in, in different ways for both of us. But um, so I was experiencing something completely new. Whereas Azadeh was coming back to something she'd, yeah. you know, she'd known for a long time, mm-hmm. but with me as, you know, someone to introduce mm-hmm. to that culture, so it, it gave us a really interesting dialectic between. Yeah, us. it yeah. made
1: like it it made the role difference for the first time here because like everywhere we had a term. For example, in in India, of course, it's English. They call you foreigner. In yeah. in Turkey, they call you yabanji, means okay. like foreigner. I see, Okay. In uh, Africa, they call you like Muzungu. Means like
0: foreigner, that's white, a, that's white, white, white person, people. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it
1: was a bit confusing for them, like when it was related to me, because like Stu was a muzungu, a white person, but for me, they were not sure if I'm a muzungu. there was something between muzungu and a muhindi, oh, It's an Indian foreigner or
0: white foreigner. Oh my god, they have their specific yeah, words terms. for each other. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and I think it, this wow. is always
1: interesting to, to get that term. Yeah. It allows you mm-hmm. to stay out. Of the culture and be an observer.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: in Iran, that's, of course, different. And I had this responsibility of, you know, being an Iranian. I yeah. want to show my culture <laughs> yeah. and country in a good way.
2: You have the hospitality. Yeah,
1: yeah. There, it's so. just like, you doesn't matter what how you live outside. As soon as you're back, you're like, you're yeah. the same Irani who wants to, you know, be so hus- hospitable and mm-hmm. so nice. And yeah. So I was kind of his tour
2: tour guide tour guide you know, everything for while. Guide. Not while not just tour guide you know like my, my guide through life yeah.
1: it was Which... really nice in the beginning when he didn't know the language well enough to understand a lot of things but yeah. when he yeah things got very limited when his Farsi got much better so he got his own way of Understanding the culture, so yeah, I have
2: to sorry. back off a bit. Yeah, but I, I think the role, you know, what's interesting for me is like the the role of the foreigner um, outside of the personal level. You know, obviously there are the experiences that you have as a foreigner within within any country, and and hopefully, you know, those those extend beyond mere tourism for wherever you go. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not just you know lining up in front of a monument, taking some photos, and moving on. Hopefully, there is more engagement, and I, th- I think that's a big issue uh, in the world today. But when you do engage with this culture, I, I think there's a series of um, at least for me, there's a series of responsibilities that come with that, mm-hmm. which is uh, they're not they're not they're not limited. They, they do extend quite far, but they they do include things like making an effort to understand the culture, mm-hmm. making an effort to fit in, making an effort to to see those points of similarity and difference, and to and to d- debate them, to discuss them, you know, yeah. um, especially in a place like Iran where um the the number of foreigners here is uh, it's, it's growing but it's still not huge compared to a lot of other places um i do see myself as a representative of of uh of, of for example you know british culture or european culture even uh western culture um not in the sense of i need to impose that or, or bring it but but it's it, I'm, I'm i'm able to discuss that with people yeah. but, you know both on a personal level and, and in my work and and through through my interactions with people, you know, even even with taxi drivers, you know, it's, yeah. this, is, this is this is great. I get asked a lot, like, okay, what's England like, you know? Yeah. And I realise that there's there's the information problem on both sides. Yeah. Um, so so I, I see that as a as a responsibility as well, and one that I hope I hope I can fulfil in a good way. But, okay. Um, but yeah, it, and and it it creates a different viewpoint as well being a foreigner. So you, it does allow you to see things differently than either natives or indeed people from other countries who who have never been here Um, and so I I think when the number of expats who live here for a long time is relatively small it it, it puts you in a a fairly small group which, um, which therefore magnifies that responsibility.
0: Okay, that's that's quite fascinating. Um, like uh, as um, as I mentioned, your uh, Farsi is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So how did you <laughs> come about Thank to you, learn man. that? Yeah, because um, uh, I was shocked. I was kind of surprised. I, I knew it based on the interview I told you guys that I uh, i had seen, and. Uh, I came in and I'm like, okay, fine. So I wanted to talk in English with you, and then all of a sudden you're like, you're talking in Farsi, and it's
2: fluent. And I'm like, well, what's, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, well Thank you very much. I mean, it's uh, I, I feel comfortable when spoken Farsi, but my yeah. reading and writing is still still some way to go. Um, but no, I, I've I learned it through through all these wonderful people who who helped me really. Yeah. Um, both, my mom, both, yeah, really? But, okay, as yeah. yeah. oh, that family, um, many of my colleagues in the various jobs I've I've, I've done when I'm here, through uh, people on the street yeah, shopkeepers mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> yeah. but very I,
1: I can yeah. say like one of the very first people who helped him to mm-hmm. learn Farsi and learn the base of the Farsi mm-hmm. so he could then develop his Farsi based on that was my nephew
0: yeah,
2: who was, it was at, at the eight, time it was like seven. seven seven, oh, seven. Wow. Yeah, he yeah.
1: Was in, yeah he was in yeah. the first grade he was seven because like
0: you kind of saw yourself like,
2: you know, yeah, like exactly. You guys yeah, they were studying like the same other. books, yeah. Yeah. we both yeah. studied so the first grade of Farsi together. Together, That's <laughs> That's yeah. He's, yeah, he
1: shared his books, and yeah. so I remember I would like do this dicta- dictation test, and yeah. they both would write. It was, it was, it
2: was cute, <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it, mean, it's good, and I think, I think it's one of the things when it comes to language is just mm-hmm. about how, uh, the who, lear- who learns languages are the best, children, of course, yeah, they do, they, they learn it because they have no no kind of shame, they mm-hmm. have no no sense of feeling um, oh I must get it right, or I need to say it this way they learn by saying things, repeating exactly. them making mistakes and getting corrected and experimenting, they the, the like, experimenting yeah. exactly so they're, they're like little scientists who um, are experimenting with these new tools in front of them yeah. and that's the best attitude towards, to, towards language that you can have, which um makes you understand it and makes you able to use it yeah. so not just learning uh, words from a book not just uh, listening and repeating without any understanding of how to use it but learning it in a, in a really engaged context and um, fortunately you know and also because he was seven he didn't try to speak to me in English uh, yeah. unlike, unlike everyone else who, yeah. yeah even if their level of English wasn't wasn't great they would maybe try and put English words in to help me understand which is very mm-hmm. nice and very considerate but no, he just spoke fantasy to me. Yeah. So I had to understand him or I had to I had to at least try to um before we could make any progress. So so that was really good. And I think I think if people if people generally approach language learning with that sort of attitude of just just being being completely um, unembarrassed by by trying new things out, by experimenting, and then you know, obviously getting feedback yeah. and, and correcting themselves, that's a much better way to learn than, than just saying. That's it about, the attitude. Like this yeah. is exactly
0: yeah. what I'm asking everybody to uh, kind of focus on, when you are learning a new language, you guys need to uh, just let it go. Like, nobody's there to judge you. Just like the uh, seven-year-old who was talking to you in Farsi and really didn't really care how you, like, you know, replied back. Yeah. It's This is exactly what any other language is all about. Like, you just yeah. need to let it go, relax and talk and um, let, basically, convey the message. That's the most exactly. important thing. As, yeah. we, as
1: we talked before, yeah. I really believe that, like... English is just the language of communication. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, yeah, I've worked with English. Yeah, it's important sometimes to speak English in a correct way. Yeah. But I've never been embarrassed by like my accent, my wrong pronunciation or mistakes I made because I just want, as you said, I just want to make myself understood. Yeah
0: and um, when you have the self confidence people respect you more yeah like they're like you know uh, she knows what she's talking about because yeah. she has a level of self confidence as the like the memory that I told you guys like that uh, my American friend made a mistake in like grammar but nobody really said anything about it because he he was from America and people were yeah. like you know he doesn't make any mistakes yeah, yeah. but they do or they have to yeah. all the self-confidence in the world that I you think just, there's like, a
1: big deal here in Iran about the accent exactly yeah. who yes. speaks with British accent or American accent exactly, or yeah. your, like so your accent can also, also like embarrass you and make you less confident about your speaking ability yeah. mm-hmm. which is like not true as I said like everywhere I lived I just picked up the accent and like now if I talk to my Indian friends my accent turns completely Indian if I talk to my (laughs) Turkish friends I I speak with my Turkish accent in Iran it's like it's a mix of things and I'm actually so proud of it because it's the it's the character of my language exactly it's it's me exactly and I remember like I have an Italian friend and she speaks English with this really strong Italian accent yeah very strong and I remember in Istanbul once, someone mentioned it to her that, you know, don't you want to like work a little bit on your accent? And her, her answer was like, I'm so proud of my accent. Exactly. This is me. This yeah. is who I am. What do you say? Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think we should never be embarrassed about how we say it, yeah. as but, long as we can make ourselves understood. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. If, if you're mispronouncing something, that's that's a technical thing. It's not to do with accent. You know, yeah. it's, it's to do with probably you know either not putting the stress in the right place or, or you know, for example, just mispronouncing a, a vowel sound. Those things are technical issues. Those should be remedied, of course. But like. But yeah, do you want to speak like a British person or like an American person? Well, mm. Why try either? Honestly, uh, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's, uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. I are not going to
0: judge you based uh, on that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, always, I always tell my, my Iranian friends when they ask about accent. I'm like, well, would it make any sense if I came to, to Iran and tried to speak, speak Farsi with, a, with a, an Isfahani accent or a Shirazi accent? Yeah. Or, it, it would be meaningless. It would be nonsensical. Um, and they kind of, they see that and go, okay, well, actually, that does make sense. Yeah, why, it does why? make a lot of sense. Yeah. But this is
0: something that we don't really, uh, because uh, we are, again, we, we, we're we low on self-confidence. And so we think if our English is not 100%, it's not complete, you're not supposed to be yeah. talking. Yeah. But that's not true. I um, mean, yeah.
2: the, the best metaphor that, that I, I've come across to describe um, language learning, I think, is is the difference between something like computer programming and playing a musical instrument. Yeah. Now, computer programming, you need every little bit to be in the right place before you can enter it or your code won't work. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you need to spend ages getting things exactly correct to produce an end product, mm-hmm. which is great for, for that, that field. But with music, you know, if you're going to learn guitar, for example, um, you could sit with a book and, and look at the frets and look at, look at how you have to position your fingers for days. Yeah. And, okay, you might get a little bit of knowledge about what needs to happen next, but until your muscles adapt to moving between the frets and your, your hand knows how to strum at the right intensity and speed, which, uh, which can only come from practice, yeah. until you've done that hundreds of times and made mistakes hundreds of times, can you begin to play songs? And so the same is true with, with, uh, with, with, with language. You, yeah. know, you need to just keep practicing, train the muscles, train, train your tongue, literally your tongue and your mouth. Um, to, to do that properly. Yeah. And if you do that, by making mistakes hundreds of times, you'll, you'll become good eventually. But by sitting and looking at a book, you'll, you'll only learn the theory, yeah. which, which is useful, but, but only a very small part exactly. of the whole thing.
0: Uh, one of the things that everybody asks me is that, um, because my English was poor. When I, when I went to um, India, I didn't really know a lot of English. So um, they're like, you know, they, people come, come to me and ask me questions like, you know, uh, how did you develop your English? And then, I'm like, you know, it's uh, something that when you're in the environment and you have to talk in English, that's something that you it just gets built up, right? Yeah. So you kind of need to, uh, like, you know, make that environment happen around you. Like, if, if you're if you don't really have somebody to talk to, find people that know just a little bit of English so you can actually like communicate with. And that's the one of the like only uh, ways of uh, like you know just improving yourself in English.
1: Yeah, yeah. and of course, I think at the. The, the century we're living at the age we're living, it's like uh, there are lots of other reasons to, to learn English. Mm-hmm. So like, as we discussed before, this is just like, you know, the devices we use, the the data we get. Yes. Everything is just to some extent needs to know English enough to understand exactly. that, to use that. Yeah. And we're sort of forced to use all these devices, all these ways of getting data as information. Yeah. And I think it's
0: just... One of the things is that, like, if people listen to podcasts more, Mm -hmm. a little bit, like, because uh, right now in Iran, we have a lot of people who listen to podcasts. And again, we have a lot of people who don't really know anything about podcasts. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to podcasts, like, every day, uh, instead of listening to uh, meaningless music on the way to work or something, like, I think that can have a very positive effect on... Sure, I think the uh,
1: advantage of a podcast compared to just listening to an English learning uh, Like a like a tape. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that there is a conversation that mm-hmm. you need to follow you need to You know yeah. to, to understand and like feel yourself at some point of it agree with something You're disagree right. with something And I think this is what you need yeah. for a language to To be able to put yourself in that position to be able to relate yourself to the topic. Yeah and that podcasts are great for that. Yeah, yeah, need, yeah and, and
2: yeah. for any for anyone living in Tehran, they're probably spending you know, up to two hours a day in traffic anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, if, yes. they, if they uh, if they listen to listen to podcasts and listen to English language things uh, every day, then within a month you'll you'll have you know many many hours of, of English and yeah. without even really putting much effort in, you'll be, exactly. you'll be learning. So yeah, which is, which is great.
0: Okay, so uh, thank you so much because I always wanted to talk about some like you know talk about this with somebody who knows like you know English. Like uh, like as a native and as somebody who's like uh, knows a lot of English, like I really want to get your ideas out of this. Yeah. So um, yeah, thank you so much. That's the first sure. thing. Yeah. Um, how did you? Um, how did you get into acting?
1: Um, okay, so I studied anthropology in Iran yeah. as my bachelor. But I was always like, I come from a family who were all, who are all artists. Yeah. My, my mom was a producer. My brothers, both of them are into arts. So I was kind of like the whole great family, the whole big family were involved in this field, theater and film industry anyway. So I was not like far away from it. But um, I think like after I did, I mean, anthropology and sociology are also like something that I'm still very much interested in.
0: Even and though then, I, I don't really know anything about it, but I, I am interested in it. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. It, I think yeah, it's just the, any by.
1: any science that, like, help you to understand people more is
0: great. This is why I did architecture, because I, I kind of, like, knew if I did architecture, I had to understand people exactly, more.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think, like, after I finished my anthropology and learning a little bit about people and about cultures, I was more looking for a tool, yeah. rather than more knowledge. Yeah. So I was looking for finding a tool to be able to use that education, use that data, use that uh what I've learned. Yeah. Make it practical, use it, transfer it, like bridge it. Yeah. And because of my background, my family background, of course, art was the the closest thing came to my mind and yeah. it came out actually the best one for me yeah. because like it's theatre and it's drama. It's like, it's us, basically. Yeah. And that's, that's how I decided to do my master in theatre and acting, stage acting. And I went to India. Yeah. As you've been in India Yeah, before. Lovely country. Yeah, I, love I love that, that country. country. Of course. It's my second home for sure. <laughs> and uh, that's where I did my master in theatre there. And I think that's what I've been sort of doing since then. Using theater as a tool to to educate people to
2: to interact to well. interact yeah. exactly yeah.
1: like yeah. like I was I was working with uh, in Istanbul in Turkey for example I was working in an uh, uh, in in a, in a school but I was as an English teacher yeah. but actually I ended up like working with this hyperactive children
0: yeah
2: who
1: were not. Able to communicate with the world, outside world. Wow. So, what I, the only tools I could use there was the drama, theater. Yeah. So, that was amazing the effect of theater and drama to be to help this. And we had no common language, they wouldn't speak English, I wouldn't speak Turkish. Yeah. And I actually was there to teach them English. But then, you know, I was like, I needed something in the middle,
0: yeah. And drama
1: so. was that bridge you yeah. know or like in africa for example in in uganda we were we were working volunteering in this village and we were working in a school and i remember the first week i was there so it's like it's africa it's like it's this area called kivangala in uganda and it's like basically they have nothing yeah like no water no gas electricity yeah. nothing absolutely nothing and it's uh 12th uh villages with just one school which is running by this NGO so there are 800 kids yeah and when I say school don't imagine like a building with classes it's just just an open space that kids just come there and the first week I was there before Stu I was there like one month before him I arrived Mm -hmm. there and I was so confused I couldn't like I mean they they would speak English to some extent because uh, Uganda was colonized by Fritz, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we had a language, common language, yeah. but we had no cultural common understanding. Yeah. And I was so, so like shocked. I couldn't do anything. And I think the only like thing which helped me was after one week of going to classes and being shocked and not being able to do anything with the, with the kids, it's just like, okay, let's, let's use music. Uh, uh. Let's use drama. Let's use storytelling. And then suddenly a whole new window opened, a whole new door. That's so fascinating. And it was like, and, and uh, look at it from the other side, not mm-hmm. just from my side. Like the kids I was teaching, age of like, I had students from the age of four, five to like 16, 17. And the, the very young ones were like really not, they would just come to school to escape the work. I, they had to do at home. Like yeah. they had to wake up in the morning, early five o'clock in the morning, set up the fire, go to the farm, you know, mm-hmm. do some work in the farm, then come back and walk like for maybe like up to two hours bare feet to get to the school. So they were really exhausted by the time they get to school. Yeah. They just didn't want to learn anything there. And then suddenly there is this new concept for them.
0: Yeah,
1: And they were fascinated. They were interested. They were just like, quiet trying to listen trying to understand this is what i love about Mm -hmm. theater this is like i think we need there is a lot of data in the world there's a lot of education but Mm -hmm. the tool is what's missing and it's not missing but it's what's not being worked a lot on it's like we are just educating ourselves a lot without finding ways of better ways of passing it to people who need it
2: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's in another way to sort of say the same thing is most people can relate to a, a, a great teacher they've had, yeah. you know, yeah. at school or at university, potentially. And um, what made that teacher so good? Was it their knowledge? I mean, sure, that's part of it. But almost anyone who's going to be a teacher will have that level of knowledge. Yeah, um, What makes them a good teacher in many cases is essentially performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's how they... Exactly. Um, How they take that knowledge and present it in an engaging, active way, Um, obviously with the technical details being correct, of course, um, to the students. And so that engagement, while some people see it as just education, is actually a form of performance. And... um, this is something which I've I've seen in, in both my, my academic career and, and later in, in you know in my professional careers how how much we perform on a day-to-day level. Mm-hmm. We're always performing, we're performing to others. And those people who are good communicators are essentially good performers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the boundaries between someone being a s for example a stage actor and being a good friend or yeah. being a mentor or being a good teacher are perhaps less uh, strong than we think than we think they are they are they're in fact quite porous. and I think this this is something which when we understand the tools that something like theater can give us yeah. you know, even at a, even on a completely amateur level, you know self-confidence, expression, um, being able to talk to others, being able to empathize with others, this is very important too. Mm-hmm. Uh, these tools which which the the discipline of theater can give you, are actually really widely applicable. They're not just to stand up in front of someone and and sing musical numbers on on, you know, on the West End so, stage yeah. on Broadway. You know that that that's fine, that's there. But but actually, these these skills are very important individually, but also interculturally as well. Yeah. You know. So why why is there so much uh, so much problem between people from different backgrounds in the world? Honestly, a lot of it is because they don't understand each other. Yeah. And they don't understand each other's stories. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. understand each other's existences in in. in uh, in meaningful ways. But yet, again, most, most people who are listening can probably think of an experience where they've seen a film from a different culture yeah. or a documentary from a different culture. Um, and that in itself, by just giving a humanity to an individual, maybe fictional, maybe real, uh, or a group of people, and, and seeing them in their real lives, struggling with real day-to-day ch- uh, challenges, having their own successes and failures... That creates a sense of connection or empathy, which is often missing from, uh, for example, the news yeah, or yeah. Um, the way in which we interact on a corporate or you know, level in, in, internationally. And so, yeah, the world is becoming much more data-driven. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, in many many ways, yeah. the, this could be this could be a great tool for us, but it can also be quite um, dehumanizing as well. And and this is something which I think that that. As we progress technologically, which is going to happen, you know, this, this is already happening. We're, we're we're progressing so so fast, and I think there's huge opportunities for us in this field. We we must remain uh, aware of our of our of our individual and, and shared humanity as exactly. well. And that, and that you know the best tools for that are always going to be art and culture. Yeah, yeah
1: I always say like I strongly believe it's really nice to say. Art for the sake of art, theater yeah. for the sake of theater, but like what I believe is art for the sake of society. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that that gives a total different meaning. Yeah. To the art. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, fine. Uh, so you went into acting as some sort of a necessity. You saw this because you you said uh, like I kind of had to like uh, interact with people, but I. And maybe I couldn't do that with um, my language, so I had to kind of go into different fields of. So, um, so this was a uh, so this was the beginning. So, how did you like you know continue this?
1: I think it's kind of it's been the same and it's been developing, but in it's always been the same concept in my mind. But mm-hmm. I've been doing it in different ways and different forms. Uh, for example, like. Well, as, as I said, in Africa, it was like this in Turkey it was like that in India. I worked a lot with um, Unprivileged kids. Yeah, and so uh, it's as again, it was like You get the same Result you it's really rewarding.
0: Yeah
1: In Iran moving in Iran is it was the same thing but like, you know you of course you in each culture you have to find the right way of doing what you're doing so in Iran, I think like uh, w- what I uh, really think we need to do here, and what I'm really focused to do it is uh, cultural man- international cultural management, wow. to try to bridge the, uh, the the datas, the worlds, the the art worlds, the culture worlds together,
0: yeah.
1: and especially like in educational field. So, this is what I'm doing now,
0: yeah. Okay, and it's it's pretty amazing, yeah. As as somebody who's looking at this from another completely different perspective, this is what you're doing is amazing. So, yeah,
1: I'm I'm like I I can consider myself as a workaholic, yeah. Okay, (laughs) I'm really addicted to work and to what I'm doing, and I I, I have no time limit. I mean, of of course, I'm sure Stu is not happy about it, but
2: (laughs) no, I mean, if you're doing what you love, you know, it's good, and 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 this this sort of work, you know, is unlike. For example, other fields where you might say, "Okay, here's a project, and it goes to this point and it ends, or whatever." Um, I think both, yeah, Asad and myself have the same attitude. It's more of a lifestyle that that, that ends up getting channeled into projects, yeah. rather than, "Okay, what's my next project?" You know, mm-hmm. um, and and that that's led mm-hmm. us down some paths which I think we probably wouldn't have anticipated mm-hmm. a few years back as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, one thing, for example, which which I notice um, we've done in Iran. Uh, in, which more than in other places, is taking it out of um, uh, specifically performance venues mm-hmm. as well. So rather than just doing staged plays, which we've, we've done a few of, but rather than just doing that, doing things like um, theatre for education, mm-hmm. theatre for uh, different groups of people, uh, workshops, getting people involved in in more participatory projects. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and especially recently, as as, uh, as, as I said, um, doing this on an international level as well. So, you know, it's it's taken us in different directions, which has been really interesting. I think it's, it's helped us both, you know, both personally and professionally as well yeah. to, to kind of sure. have to engage in different ways and have to develop different skill sets as well. Um rather than just becoming okay, I'm a theater director that's what I do and I do my very limited yeah. thing which which is there's nothing wrong with that but but I, I feel that having experienced a wider range of things has really helped helped us both actually
1: yeah I but think also, when yeah. you find the spectrum mm-hmm. then you're like there are a thousand roles that you can take mm-hmm. and do yeah. to to get what you want is that is
0: that like you know something which is pretty fascinating for somebody who's doing like you know because for me as somebody again who's looking at this from another completely different perspective when i see somebody who who's an actor i always think of like you know you you guys are so lucky because you get to live these lives that are like for me, I get to live somebody who's a, like who's an architect and uh, who is doing podcasts, yeah. But you guys can live any life, like yeah. it depends on the role that is given to yeah. you. So is is it? I think that must be really fascinating to somebody. So it's somebody really, who's doing anthropology, like I yeah. think that's just something like yeah, yeah. It's
1: very. It's as you said, it's fascinating to to be able to make someone's story yours. Exactly. And this is, like I think, the most important challenge about acting. Yeah. Which is, like, you have to live different personalities. And at the same time, to to make yourself as close as possible to each character, you need to define it through yourself. You need to find points which are close to your own Mm -hmm. personality and then develop those... Yeah. Uh, elements in yourself to get uh, to to get close to that character. So yeah, it's it's really fascinating. It's really interesting, but it's not what just for me it's not uh, satisfying enough. So yeah, acting is great. I love acting. Yeah, but I don't consider myself as just an actress. Yeah, right. So professionally also, I cannot tell that I'm an actor because yeah. Yeah, I've acted in in movies. I've acted in series. I've done. Uh, several theater plays, both here in Iran and outside. But what I can consider myself professionally is more of like the developer, the, the manager, the cultural manager than the the actor. I understand. That.
0: But you even be, like you want to be known for that, like is that? Is that not
1: not really. No, okay. no 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 no. I love process. Mm-hmm. I love process. I I'm not like. I mean, of course, it's it's as when you're in a process, at some part of it, the most thing that you're looking at is the results yeah. but what's I think what we need a lot in Iran to work on is yeah. how to be in a process yeah. how to collaborate in a process How what's what does teamwork means yeah. how to put an organization together and all the motivations everything and I think I love that I love creating that atmosphere and being in that process so for yeah. me like always like any project I do the worst part is when it's like Close to the ending because, like, I'm like, I'm really not enjoying the endings. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, okay, the result is great. Yeah, it's happening. there's mistakes. There are good things, but the process is over. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love being in the process and you know, developing a process, being part of a team.
2: Yeah. And one thing I can say uh, from from the director's point of view is that, yeah. um, and this is having worked in like a lot of different countries, and I've seen this everywhere. There are there are two main, main types of people who want to be on stage. Yeah um and the majority of those people are people who want to be seen they, uh-huh. they want to be you know they want to be in front of others they want to sort of uh be have people looking at them um and they can be very great they can be great performers there's nothing wrong with that but normally it's an ego ego driven yeah. um experience for many of them they they, they they love that sort of feeling of being applauded and, and and most of those actors are people who love the the result they yeah. love, you know, the, the, they'll they'll stick with the rehearsal process. They'll go through it, but what what they really feed off is that final uh, moment of taking a bow on stage yeah, right. in front of everyone else. They 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 feed on that, and then there is a smaller sector, but I believe who are the better actors generally, the ones who who have longer careers and, and can do can do more with with their uh, uh, with their bodies, with their with their voices, with 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 their characters, and those are people who feel a responsibility to the character or to telling the story or to the process yeah. then those actors tend to be ones who are normally shyer individuals, they're not necessarily the, the really outgoing people who love being looked at, but who feel a deep connection to, to people and to stories and to feelings and to reality of, of emotions yeah. um, and those actors and I think you know, when you look at film you can see who those actors are the, the ones who disappear into their roles mm-hmm. completely yeah. um, those actors tend to be Better actors in the long run, and yeah, exactly. Said many of them, the the process of performing it every night is 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 fine. They may enjoy that, and, and you know, getting applauded is all good. But but they really enjoy the creation of character. They really enjoy yeah. being someone else, give, having that responsibility of telling a story, and um, and I think those those people also therefore get the most out of theatre in yeah. terms of how they interact with other professionals. And how they interact with their society at large. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they will do. They will do the background research. They'll they'll go and live the role for a while. They'll they'll find out as much. Are as we they talking can. about method acting? Uh, it... Not method acting is just, no method acting is a technique which many of these actors would use. Uh-huh. But but no, that that could be used by both 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 uh, you know both types of actors. You yeah. know, I'm talking about the much more deep psychological approach to mm-hmm. acting. Yeah. The reason for being on stage. The drive for wanting to. Act, yeah, um, and those, those that that second group, who I, I'd say are f- far smaller in number, um, are often you know the ones who who get the most out of it and give the most to the art form as well.
1: But at the same time, no one can ignore the the joy that you get when you get uploaded no, no, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's
0: there. That's no, course, there. But if that's yeah. the only thing you get from it, yeah, that's, no, no, that's, that's, that's true. It's wrong, basically. If, yeah. if, if that's it's really wrong? No, it's
2: just—it's just—it's just—it's—it's unf- it's one of the—it's one of—you know—every art, art form has its has its challenges and its own yeah. pitfalls, and yeah. so this is one of them. You know?
1: But what I'm really trying to say is that, like, as as a as an actress, uh, I think there is a definition when, like, there, there should be like sev- uh, certain uh, factors mm-hmm. that you have them, and then you can call yourself an actress, yeah, in a professional mm-hmm. level. And yeah, we have a lot of actors in Iran who are like either studied or doing taking workshops or classes and all. But I personally, I don't consider myself even with my acting background. I don't consider myself an actress because I'm not professionally that uh-huh. much involved. I think uh-huh. there is a definition for that to call yourself a, pro- a professional actress. I see. And I think this is very important, yeah. really important. I mean, like yeah, everyone loves to be celebrity, famous, well yeah, known, yeah. and all, but. You need to have certain criteria to, you know, to call yourself a professional actress. I'm not a professional actress. And it's not about skills. It's Mm -hmm. not at all about skills. I mean, I don't talk about my own skills, but in general, it's not at all about skills. Mm -hmm. It's about what you do with that role in your life. How much focus it takes from you and what you're earning from it. You know, I think that's a very important point about it.
0: And uh, something, um, do you guys know Kobe Bryant? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a, like he was a professional basketball player, and uh, he said something which was uh, I think is true in every sense is that um, everybody whoever sees uh, like you know um, like um, basically um, again like professional people like you know who are doing something professionally they only see the result nobody thinks about the process and uh, but what Copy Bryant mentioned in his uh, basically it's like a love letter to basketball that mm-hmm. he, he published. And he which won an Oscar in, for, for a short movie, yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, it was that uh, he keeps saying that what, what is important is the process. Everybody loves to be Cristiano Ronaldo, Leo Messi, yeah. but what they see is the result of the process. Nobody thinks about the fact that they've uh, maybe trained so hard to become the players they are. So And no yeah. one
1: thinks about how enjoyable can be the process. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everyone looks at the process as this oh really hard-working, yeah. you know, time-taking yeah. thing, time. But like the way I look at any process in my life, positive or negative, yeah. it's just like you can find joy in it. You yeah. can find, you can get like satisfied, you can enjoy
0: Yeah. If anybody could look at life through your lens, I think, I think, that, yeah, because yeah, I think this is one of yeah, the reasons. Yeah, but this is this is. I is think this is color. like
1: an uh, ideology. I'm yeah, telling you, course, how yeah. much I'm like successful in what I'm saying. It's a yeah. different thing we can discuss. You yeah. know, I don't co- consider myself again like fully what I want. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, this is like what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say that this is what I want to mm-hmm. do, and what I'm trying to do is. Uh, uh help me with the word to
2: to consolidate put, to, to
1: put myself to um, uh, what's the word not donate devote yourself
2: devote, devote myself yourself, exactly yeah, okay, sure. to
1: devote myself <laughs> to this ideology yeah. to to be in the process enjoy the process and help those who are around me to enjoy yeah. the process mm-hmm. I think right. whatever is that? Is it like business? It's theater. It's teaching. It's
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever it can be.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like uh, I, what I def- I define it for myself a little bit differently than than others. Which is not not that yeah. it's, it's right or wrong, but um, for me, what what I what I've realised actually, I, I didn't think I didn't think this was how I approached it at first, but now I've come to realise that it is. Is um, what's important for me right. is opening people's minds mm-hmm. and. Because I, I believe very strongly in in people you know, having open minds and having uh, the ability to experience different things, the ability to understand different people's perspectives, different ideas, and whether that's through a performed piece which I would create for them in order to to, to challenge or provoke various things, or reactions uh, or thoughts, or whether it's through the education, you know, in terms of you know like giving workshops and that sort of thing. <coughs> Or whether it's through practice, or whether it's through process, um, what I really enjoy doing through the various things that I do is, is is actually opening people's minds, yeah. And being someone who can facilitate that, being someone who can who can guide and lead and and challenge where appropriate, yeah, challenge, push, uh, whatever whatever the uh, whatever the, the technique is, that's that's kind of the the payoff for me, the mm-hmm. the, the goal, the, the sort of the reason that I do it. And I find that when I when I End up not getting much out of a project is when I realize that that hasn't been met mm-hmm. you know and uh, realizing that actually all, all that I did was uh, fulfill a series of professional steps which yes. you know is fine uh, that's, that's okay people people have to do that sometimes everyone has to has to um, you know, get involved in projects, especially in a collaborative art form yeah. that, that maybe don't uh, don't fulfill all of your your dreams but but both on an individual and a, and a, and a work level that's, that's what I really enjoy doing. So uh, can you tell me something? Because uh, for mm. me, theater is something that I can touch. Yeah. Like
0: okay. uh, for somebody who doesn't really, uh, I haven't mm. learned this academically. I have no idea, like, you know, sure. uh, anything about it, like uh, in terms of studying. You right, know, yeah, sure. Like, I I've, I've, I, yeah, to sure, keep up that, yeah. sure. Uh, for somebody who doesn't really know a lot about theater and doesn't know l- a lot about cinema, uh, when I go to see a play, I feel like I'm a part of it. Mm-hmm. meaning uh like every now and then i can I can just focus on a character and i can just look at that character for for, for, for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and nobody's going to tell me like you know you're not supposed to be looking at that but when, mm-hmm. when you're uh, talking about a movie uh, you're looking at a character through the lens of the di- like the director is showing you that character mm-hmm. the way he wants or she wants sure. it.
2: Yeah. So, uh, like theater for me, like is something that I can touch. Yeah, it's all, it's all about liveness. Yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. the thing. If it's uh, you know to, for it to be theater or yeah. performance, there has to be a space at a specific time with yeah. with with a live interaction going mm-hmm. on. And in that sense, as long as that's happening, you can call it theater. It could be mostly music. You know, it could be music. Like so, I almost call a lot of. More interactive, stagey performances like music performances—I'd call them kind of a like, a form of theatre, a form yeah. of, a form a of form performance, mm-hmm. you know—and um, yeah, that's not to say anything bad about film. Film, film is very much a director's art form, you, know? yeah. like you said, but As you say, exactly about giving that that particular viewpoint, which which some directors do incredibly well.
0: Again, this is um, one of the reasons that I, like I watch uh, House of Cards, right. and in in the uh, in a series, like every now and then, Kevin Spacey looks through the camera like he looks at you kind of mm. like he looks at you and says something and it just it's just like theater like it involves right, yeah. me into the suddenly play. suddenly you're in there yeah. exactly it's yeah. like it, it doesn't really have to be a sentence just a look no, just a little, can yeah. do everything Breaks yeah. that to form break form, that hole yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah this is why I love theater so much Yeah. Like as somebody who again doesn't really know a lot about theater yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, definitely. That's I think that's why it's so powerful. Because otherwise, in in almost every way, it's been superseded by other art forms. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to do realism, why do theater? There's no point anymore. Yeah. Do do film or TV yeah, right. or whatever. It's much better for doing realism yeah. than theater is. Um, if you want to kind of give a message to people, which again, theater used to be a great way for doing that. Like nowadays, it just doesn't work. It's 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 weak. It's a poor way of doing it. You should probably. Have a blog, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or have a YouTube channel, or something. Yeah. You know, that's a far better way of reaching more people. But so, theatre—the the unique point about it is is, is that Yeah. You know? okay. That's 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 where that's where and anyone who's working in theatre in an intelligent way right now is is or should be aware of that. Yeah. You know, okay. Why is this art form, which is very old-fashioned, mm-hmm. like very old, it goes back to the Greeks, right? Why is this art form, which is incredibly old-fashioned, why is it still around? Why yeah. do we why do we need it? Why do we why do people care anymore? Um, the only reason is because it gives them that liveness, that that feeling of being in being something happening right now, right here. Yeah, and that's why I think you know within Europe, but even within Iran, you know, you see this great this big movement against naturalistic theatre, against theatre with this the fourth wall intact, you yeah, know, okay. as if we're just watching life from outside. So, uh, it's 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 okay. It's it's a very interesting skill historically to look at how people did this, but yeah. it's not, it doesn't do very much anymore. So, uh, do you find Iranians?
0: Uh, Appreciative of the of the like theater, like yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. like especially right now. I mean, in the four years we've been here, I think there's been like you know, as as you could probably tell me more about before, but like suddenly in the four years that I've I've been here for, year uh, we can I can see a, a big shift in mm-hmm. in in both the level of theater, the quality of it, and uh, much more and much more importantly than that, uh, the audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the audiences are are packing the theatres you go to see any of these any of these plays that kind of gets a bit of a reputation Mm -hmm. you can't get a ticket for it for the rest of the run you know it sells out so quickly yeah Um, and not only with star names Mm-hmm. that's the that's important yeah. if it's just people going to see star names fine then that's why it sells out but that is that's there too but even ones without stars are selling out which mm-hmm. is really good and the number of new venues the number of new theater initiatives the uh like the, the work you guys did with the festival last year which is, was brilliant um you know just bringing new things and new ideas and people were so hungry for it yeah, yeah. and that's interesting i
1: think that's amazing like yeah. th- that's the most uh advantage of I would define it the most advantage of Iranian theatre at the moment is the audience. Yeah. Because <clears throat> there is this huge society who are going to watch plays. You yeah. Know? It's like, and they're from so many different backgrounds. So it's not just the intellectuals or the students or so, like, it, has, it is kind of becoming a destination for for holidays for like uh, off times weekends it's a plan it's it's coming to the people's routine schedule mm-hmm. and and the, the journey for the past like 10 years in this thing it's been great it's been amazing and i think of course we have to uh, I, I look at it again through my own very like educational perspective yeah. is that uh, we have to also learn about the audience about what they want and what they need actually so then we can also use theater as a as a better tool i mean i'm not criticizing anything i'm just saying like if it would be great if we can use this tool to to educate the audience or to get what you know to let them express themselves yeah. let the audience also to have a role so it's been happening i think it needs more uh work to it's this, better, better yeah, management. yeah, better management, of yeah. course. The relationship between audience and uh, theater, the production.
0: Yeah. And I think it's the level of consistency as well. Like um, our movie industry, I'm not saying anything. Uh, there's anything wrong with it, or there's anything like you know. I don't want to say anything negative about our movie industry. Uh, we're doing what we can with our limitations. This is this is what I believe in. But uh, there's something um, is that. Um, our movie industry is not for me. It feels like it's not moving forward. Like I mean, every year, for me as an audience, uh, as the audience, I, I, I would just go into cinemas knowing. I, I think I said it to Ali Mustafa on the first episode of the podcast that I, I know that I'm going to watch another movie which has got a lot of negativity, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to come on the basically movie theater knowing that hey, I, I think that just made my mood a little bit like worse, like than it was, but. Uh, in theater, like, uh, like, we see a huge, uh, like, difference in the fact that um, you go into, a, you, go, you go see a play, and the play is, um, is um, so professionally done, even though there are no, you know, star names, like, it, I don't know. I mean, there are that. as well. I mean, that's Could that's be, true. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. but, for, like, the plays that I go, go for, sure. maybe there, there are no, like, star names. But mm-hmm. still, they do it so professionally that I'm like, why am I not going to theaters more? Why am I not going to see plays more? And every now and then we we get a movie, which is a great movie, and then we watch it, and we like. There's so many positive things about it, but mm-hmm. that doesn't really happen much. But with plays, we see that happen more often. Like you have the, the the level of uh, the play is so high that you're like, oh my god, like this is this is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I, I went for as a, a play called um, Caligula. I think that, that's mm-hmm. like, I I went to the play and I I, I was blown away. Not but like only by the performance, and of course it was the uh, like I think uh, I don't know who wrote the play. Like I'm pretty sure like it's uh, somebody uh, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, uh, I, I, what was Caligula. It was, it's Caligula. It's Homi play, right?
1: Which which director?
0: I'm not sure, okay. but it was uh, Salve, I I was playing like was Caligula. sure. So I'm um, uh, like I was blown away. And I'm, I'm, I was thinking at a time, like, I think I should, uh, like, you know, uh, forget about cinema for a while, Iranian cinema, and then I, I should shift it, shift uh, to I think theater. it's just
1: two different experiences. Yeah. I mean, I understand that theater can bring more excitement because of the liveness, as, as you said. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, I believe that as a theater audience, yeah, it's yeah. really great to have that excitement. But in a long term, when you become a theater audience.
2: Yeah. Theater-goer. Theater-goer. Yeah. You yeah.
1: need to have some control over that excitement yeah. to be able to interact better with that yeah. with that theater, with that production. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course, like, it's... Like, I, I still, like, after so many years of being related directly yeah. to this field, like go watch a play, which, like, makes me, you know, so excited. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't, like, cinema maybe doesn't do that to me. Yeah but I think I enjoy a play more, a theater play more, when I have more control over my excitement so I can, you know, let myself go and be part of it, like let myself flow in that performance. And I think what films are made to do, it's a totally different thing, but it's just like, for uh, for some reason, it just reminds me of this, Experience I had in India always yeah. that uh, to just define these two fields yeah so I, I used to go to cinema a lot in India. I loved doing that, but not just not to go watch the Indian movies. I would always sit backward and watch the audience yeah that's amazing because the in, like the the cinema audience in India. Are doing what the uh-huh. theatre audience doing everywhere in the world. They don't care it's a movie. They, they, they get the liveness, they interact, they just get angry, they throw things, they just yeah. dance, yeah. they yeah. get happy. So like I, I'd i love that. I would just go sit backward, watch them getting their excitement. Yeah. So I think that they are two different fields and I, I don't think they're uh, comparable yeah, yeah at all com- you cannot compare them together yeah. in what they're doing and of course like uh, sometimes uh, uh, you get an experience from a theater it happened to me that you get an experience like you don't want that yeah you you regret it yeah because because it's so light it affects you in a way that you're like that was wrong for me <laughs> but cinema of course uh, image Keeps that wall, so you can always. It's much safer. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's yeah, much, yeah. much safer uh, as a film. It's yeah. much safer than a theater performance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a theater should be dangerous to some degree. Like, I yeah. mean, I, I've always said. I mean, as he would tell you before, uh, from from our work together, but like, as a director, it's just kind of one of the most important things that I find about theater and what what an actor should be doing is something needs to be at risk, mm-hmm. um, and that something can be. Something very physical. It can be something very intense. You know, especially if you're looking at like a Shakespearean tragedy. You know, it's it's the throne or it's the it's the crown or you know it's it's life and death in a, in in the drama. But also within much more subtle sort of more like family dramas and something. If something's not at stake, then people won't won't buy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why the actor either needs to go yeah possibly down the method route to yeah. to to really be in that character, so they're really experiencing it every night. Or uh, and I think more importantly in, in the modern world. Um, the situation needs to be at risk yeah. which can involve various different aspects it could be involving improvisation it could be involving some sort of free form interaction. It, it could be involving interaction it could, it could put the audience at risk in a sense, not, not physically but in a, in a sense that they don't know what's going to happen and if you don't know what's going to happen and you're in the same room as someone doing something which is unpredictable that's, an, that's a dramatic situation yeah. yeah that, that's true in any, in any in, in any place not just in a theater but a theater obviously codifies it and, and formalizes it. But yeah. uh, but imagine you're in, a, you're in a you're in a you're in a classroom and there's a student who disobeys the rules. That's dramatic, yeah. right? What's going to happen? here What's the teacher going to do? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the student going to do? Are they going to sit down and obey them or are they going to have a fight or are they going to be thrown out of the room? That's dramatic. You're interested yeah. in that. It's that scenario or, or someone giving a speech who goes off topic or you know, goes off cue. You see a politician who throws their notes away. No, I'm going to speak from the heart. The, journal- sudden, the journalists yeah, look up, yeah. oh, my God, something's happening. Exactly. Here. Right? Why? Because something's at risk. Yeah. And that's where drama comes from.
0: I kind of see a theatre as a little bit more experimental when it, you know, in comparison to cinema. Uh,
2: it, it can be. And I think there's, a, there's, there's many reasons for that. Uh, but, but clearly financial ones are a huge yeah. issue. You know, uh, you can take a risk on a play. And the costs involved in bringing it to the stage, especially if you're going to get a smaller venue or work with, work with uh, students, for example, or work with, work with uh, non-superstars, you, you, can, you can have that idea, put it together, experiment as much as you want, and, and put it on stage mm-hmm. for a relatively limited cost. Yeah. Uh, so you take that risk, and even if you lose money, you're not losing a ton of money. Mm-hmm. A film, of course... Yes, you yes. cannot do that. Yeah, no, of
1: course. I think the yeah. meaning of process again yeah. in cinema and theater is uh-huh. totally yeah. different. Yeah. So theater happens in the process. Yeah, but movie needs a very good pre-production. Yeah, yeah. Now
0: yeah, I'm kind of yeah. understand like beginning to understand the the concept.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like honestly, that's well, that's that's one of the big reasons why we, when Hollywood, we seeing this kind of complete split down the middle now where we have massive blockbuster movies costing yeah. millions and millions and we have small little arty films and nothing in between. Uh-huh. Like this yeah. is a really big problem right now in Hollywood um, because studios go alright we're going to lay out 500 million we need a we need a guaranteed box office return. That, yeah. What does that mean? It means the artistry kind of gets a very distant second yeah. to is this going to be a success? Yeah. Are people going to shell out money for this? And we need spectacular effects we need big stars, we need explosions, we need, yeah. we need, you know, that that's all fine, but then the artistry of course gets so watered down by committee and by sort of the producers imposing their views and everyone having a different opinion and stars only being willing to be shown in a nice, in a good light, for example, yeah. which is often in their contracts nowadays. Um, so we end up with these these very watered down blockbusters, which are, which are lovely and spectacular, but have no real depth to them. Yeah. Or we end up with these much smaller budget, independent or studio films which are done as prestige pictures to show, um, for example, how they are, how this studio or that studio is, is in fact very arty. And they're done on on a budget of less than 50 million, so like 10% of the budget of a blockbuster. And... Uh, the studio knows they might lose money on them, but they'll make it back on there on the yeah, next the next Avengers movie or whatever. Yeah. So it's uh, and and again neither of those are individually a problem, but the middle ground has been hollowed out of, of of Hollywood, and that's a huge problem right now. Where are these big pictures which which want to explore a theme which isn't necessarily super dramatic and full of explosions? It's not an action thriller. It's not a family comedy. It's something which actually has big themes and is is, is interesting. Uh, but done on a big scale as well. And so I think, I think we're really missing movies like that. You know, a lot of movies that, for example, Oscar would have won Oscars 10, 20 years ago are not being made nowadays yeah. because they don't fit into either of these nice mm. categories. Okay. And theatre doesn't have that problem, thankfully. Yeah. Um so you can, you can be a lot more experimental and, and, and live. And, of course, the theatre can react much more quickly to current events as yeah. well. So uh, As a director,
0: do you look into this? Like, you know, okay. like, uh, oh, my God, they didn't laugh at that or they didn't laugh at this. I might change some of the lines because of because oh, the you can
2: you can do. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, uh, I, I'm, it, different directors have different views, of course, but I'm, I'm a firm believer in the fact that, yeah, your, your play should, on the first night and on the last night should not be the same. Oh, um, not see. that you should change it, but you'll naturally you'll get learn, different feedback. Yeah. You'll yeah. learn as an actor as well. Yeah, and if if you're just doing the same thing every night as well, more than trying to build something new, that liveness is gone. That risk is gone. Yeah. Yeah. If, the, if 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 the, if every night you come out and do just robotically the same movements in the same way, deliver the line the same way, then you know again nothing's at risk. So it'll it'll seem flat to an audience, often without them realizing why. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm sure you've had that experience when you've you've seen a theatre play and you've been like. Yeah, it seemed seemed good. The forms were correct, the decor was lovely, but it didn't move me, it didn't touch me. Yeah. That could be because of bad acting, it could be because of bad script. It could be many reasons, but I think one of the key reasons that this happens is that that sense of risk and liveness is gone. Yeah. So you see something which is very technically proficient, but kind of emotionally empty or or risk-free, and that's um that's yeah, that's yeah. what kills theatre for sure, yeah. you know. So so yeah. next time next time you're watching a theatre play, definitely that's something to look at. Like, does that actor are they just waiting for the next line or not? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, are they yeah, just Yeah, it's very going important. Or
1: when two of the actors are having a conversation, look at the one with who doesn't have yeah. anything uh-huh, to yeah. do. Uh-huh. See if he or she is just sitting or standing waiting yeah. for their turn.
0: Yeah. You're right. again yeah. that's the process. Yeah, so uh, as an actor
1: more. you need to find I mean like true uh, in that defined box by the director depend on the director but you need also to find your way of being able to keep that liveness because yeah it's just like from from the first night it's new second night still but when you get to the 10th to 11th then you know you're kind of repeating the same thing so you have to find yourself a way or ways to keep that liveness I think audience are the best cue. Yeah. right? You're right yeah. It's just like finding a way of uh, understanding the mood of the audience of each night, de- depending on the on the play, of course. But audience bring their mood into the venue, and yeah. I can say as an actor that like before even you start the the performance the actors get the, the feeling, get the initial mm-hmm. mood of the audience. Yeah, is exactly. it going to be a very excited audience or this is a very critical audience? Are they... Uh, b- b- here to get entertained, or mm-hmm. they're here to enjoy, or they're just here to get something from the performance. So you get that feeling from the very beginning. Uh, do you, you change,
0: like as an actor, do you change your uh, like ways, maybe? Like uh, if, if you know... So
1: it it's very much depends on the director. Mm-hmm. So like and the performance, like it if it allows you to improvise, if it allows wow. you to experiment. Of course, I love that sort of performance that yeah. allows you to to uh, to play around with the audience. Yeah, yeah. I love that. But yeah, most of the performances like you're you have a specific script line cues and you have to stick to it. But there are lots of ways still to improvise without changing your line. Yeah. To improvise without changing someone's cue, to interacting uh, uh, to interact to someone's role. There's so many different ways, techniques and ways and feelings and moment momenty like Mm -hmm. Uh, actions that you can take without changing anything but add something to the performance and I still always have this like problem with like not problem but like one of the the things that really is important for him when he's directing a play is that everyone needs to be present Uh I want you to be present I want everyone to understand what's going on I don't (laughs) care if you're sitting back in the corner, you have nothing to do Uh Just, just, just being present. Be understand what's going on. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I think this is something which, um, like, coming back to Iranian theatre, this is something which is is a big issue. I think there's a lot of uh, very talented artists out there working in in various fields. You know, directors, designers, writers. There's a lot of very good writers out there, um, and and there's a huge amount of 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 young people coming into the industry as well from the universities. I think there's a really good link between university and industry here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not true in most other places, actually. Not Certainly not in Europe, certainly not in America. Um, and these guys are providing lots of interesting fuel, lots of interesting ideas for the stage. One thing which I think, one area which I think that there's still work to do is in harnessing that power and moving it forward together. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a collection of very talented individuals overlapping and clashing and hopefully sparks fly and we see something interesting happen. But that might happen one night and not the next, and then not the next, and then five nights later, everyone's wondering what happened and where it went wrong. Um, what I do see a lot here is is a lot of kind of emotional intensity, but without the repeatability, yeah. without being able to hit those emotions every night. Um, and I think it's pro- its probably down to training, um, training and mindset. I think you know a lot of a lot of directors who I have spoken to here, I've seen their work. Um, still have a slightly, to me, old-fashioned notion of what the director is as being mm-hmm. a boss. You know, putting that yeah. person in there, says, do that, stand there, do that. Which I think create, yeah, creates very dead theatre, creates very sort of like stilted theatre. And then you often see an actor, despite that, still finding aliveness because they feel it, they feel they need it on stage. So one thing I think would be really good for the future of Iranian theatre is to to take these brilliant ideas and allow the other professionals to really work their magic, work work together and offer more to it, yeah. rather than just coming in with a strict view and going, this is what I want from A to Z. We're going, okay, here's A, here's Z. Here are some points we have to hit along the way. Let's find that together. Let's create a process, a rehearsal process, a discovery process, which allows that to be more organic, more more real in a lot of ways. And then I think that would that would take these very interesting forms that do exist and this very interesting kind of uh, approach to theatre using different texts, using different ideas and make it something which grows upon itself rather than, at the moment I think it's a bit hit and miss sometimes. You see some really great performances and you see some really, some ones where the idea was perfect but the execution was just was off for some reason. Yeah. And I, I look at that professionally and I can go, okay, it's not because the lights were wrong. It's not because the sound was wrong. It's not because the costumes were wrong. No, it's because you've got a bunch of people doing different jobs who haven't been synced up properly, who haven't been allowed the freedom to express themselves together. And so this is, this is a more deep structural question for theatre in Iran at the moment. So that's one thing that needs to change. The second one, uh, we, we touched on it briefly earlier, is about the venues. And uh, venue management, mm-hmm. and uh, thank I've, I've seen some really good steps in this in this direction in the last few years, but the idea that a venue gives itself an identity, gives itself a kind of a feeling to it, not just not just not just the in terms of how it looks and how it feels, but the sort of work that people will see there, mm-hmm. the sort of crowd that will go there. Do they want intellectually challenging plays? Do they want mm-hmm. experimental ones? Do they want physical theatre? Do they want theater which is going to be dealing with the classics in modern ways for example and there are a few venues of the of the the multiple that have sprung up who are starting to define themselves in that way and i think that's that's the key to sustainability that's the key to kind of finding a way to turn a venue from being a place you go to see a play into a destination itself mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's something which i think again is moving forward but, but bigger strides need to be taken
1: yeah. Yeah. i think the relationship between a venue uh, and the audience of that venue, of course it's a both sided relationship. And as long as as much as the audience needs to have, you know, effect on the type of performances, you know, yeah. which is gonna happen in that venue, it should be the opposite as well. You know, of course like to to attract audience, to attract people to start a new entertainment mm-hmm. called theatre, you need to start with the uh, things or ideas or forms that, you know, it's not yet very complicated for them so they can relate to it. Yeah. It's, it's popular.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's the beginning, you know, and then you can move on. You, you Now you have your audience. Now you can, I would say, train your audience yeah. to enjoy different type of performances. Like, yeah, you can, you you may start with a comedy <laughs> in a venue. You can keep having comedy shows and you can, of course, keep... Having your audience coming, enjoying, but the, the most important thing is that you've got an audience. Yeah. that means the beginning, not the end. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that means now you have to work with your audience, train your audience, study your audience, observe your audience, talk to your audience. Like for example, one thing which is very missing here is uh, data a bank. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. it's really yeah. it's really yeah. important. Like. As a venue, as a company, as a group, whatever, when you have uh, some uh, some audience, you need to know them. Mm -hmm. You need to know who they are as a gallery, even as like as any organization, art organization, you need to know who are the people who are regularly coming there. And knowing them is not just having their names and their emails. You need to know what their background is. Mm -hmm. Like... Mrs. A has joined these two types of performance, but not that type. Mm-hmm. Why? How can I bring Mrs. A to, to that yeah. performance? This is, this, this, these are the game and this is the process that I've been talking about. Yeah. And I mean, like, I cannot say unfortunately, but hopefully I can say this is going to happen yeah. that the venues uh, can work better with their audience, understand their audience better. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, guys, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I just, I just want to sit down and talk to you, like, I, I told you for days and, like, you know, <laughs> I'd I love to do that. Uh, but I understand that you have, a, like, a, you know, limit on time. And I had so many other questions that I to, like. I'm pretty sure you guys know of, but um, we don't really have the time for that right now. So uh, thank you so much for the time. And uh, like, um, as a challenge, would you like to challenge somebody else uh, to be on my
2: podcast to talk? Any to bit? challenge them, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a pleasure. It's not a challenge. Um, but no, I mean, thank you very much. It's been it's been it really really good. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have to talk again in future. Vision. Like, I would love to do that. Like, I think uh, this is part one. I hope this is part one because. I I Have so many
0: questions yes. that I would
2: love to sure. talk welcome to, you about. to the ten hour long <laughs> podcast. Uh, <Yeah. laughs> um, no, um, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, I've 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 listened to the first first couple of episodes of your of your podcast. I think it's great. I think things are things are definitely moving forward. And this is this is really good, and I hope the the listeners agree and give their feedback and give their ratings as well. Yeah. <laughs> sure but um, no, I, I think there's a lot of people from different fields who I think have a lot of interesting things to say about. About art and culture in Iran right now, um, yeah. it is a fascinating moment to to be here. Um, there's a lot of change within our own field and in other fields, and I do think that this is this is a great way for for Iran to um, connect with with others um, and hopefully hopefully you know make people a bit more curious about what's going on here and yeah. and and give them a bit more, bit more information and knowledge about it. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I'd like to would like to see to to, to hear rather um, things from, from, from different fields, from literature, from uh, from, uh, from from film, from photography, and and, and and just hear these different viewpoints. So, so rather than a specific challenge, it should be a general challenge, I think, yeah, you know, yeah. to people who uh, people who would like to you know, express themselves in, in English and and hopefully hopefully rise to that challenge and and give give you and the listeners some good material.
1: Sure. I think I totally agree with you. Thank you, of course. Thank so, you for thank you, it was. Thank it you. was really a nice chat, and I think uh, I hope that we can at some point continue. Yeah, there's a lot of things to say. Yeah, and I'm a very talkative person as well. Which sorry. is amazing. Please, please, like <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So yeah, thank you so much, and I I also agree with Stu about. Uh, it's more about the topics yeah. and how how much you can explore yeah. with the topics. What I really want to hear is yeah, I think it's just like more of um, uh, how how do I put it like maybe technological mm. ac- aspect of like art. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to hear a point of view of someone technical in the uh-huh. art, not just the artist. Yeah, because this is what like this is what I'm feeling missed in my like my gatherings, my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of artists. We're all artists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the technology of the art, I think, mm-hmm. the, the the technology of managing the art, and this is what like I need to hear about, maybe okay. I need to learn about.
2: Yeah, it's developing so fast. and yeah. so I think there's so there's so much more that's going to happen here, which is which is brilliant. So, so yeah, hopefully we can. We can hear more of that in future.
0: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank, thank you guys you. so much. Yeah. yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> thank you so no, much. Thanks. And I hope I can, we can meet um, each other more and we sure. can talk more. Yep. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. thank you. I can only hope that I can do another podcast with them soon. I have so many questions left. Anyways, thank you all for tuning into the podcast. And thank you for your amazing emails. This always provides the much-needed momentum. Thank you. And never forget, that you have the ability to surprise yourself. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in.